You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Meet up with its owner. Along the way, there was a massive storm that appeared out of nowhere, and the trashman headed right into the heart of it. Kylie recalls wind speeds over 70 knots and 40-foot waves so powerful that they ripped holes in the boat. Two days after they set sail, the yacht was torn apart by the sea and began to sink. The crew managed to make it to a lifeboat, but the crew found themselves adrift with no supplies or water and miles from land. And what was worse is one of the ladies that was on the yacht was badly injured. I mean, open wounds to where when she went into the water, she was bleeding out into the water. So uh, within a short time of them getting into the life raft, they were surrounded by sharks. Two days after the trash man sunk, two of the men began drinking seawater. Two of the men began drinking seawater. They started hallucinating and rambling incoherently. On the third day, one man in a state of delirium jumped into the water and attempted to swim to shore. He was immediately attacked and killed by the sharks. Soon after, jumped over, another man jumped overboard as well, muttering something about going and getting some cigarettes. And immediately, he was also... Uh, uh, attacked by the sharks so violently that the raft they were in was actually spinning around uh, as the sharks attacked this other crew member. The next day, Kylie and one remaining crew member were rescued. Uh, There's a a horrific irony for those who are stranded at sea. And this this is what brings me up to the message this morning. The the thought of these people, and, and some of you may or may not be familiar with this, but it's, it's, it's an amazing and almost incomprehensible to think about what was wrong with these men that I mentioned in particular that began to hallucinate, jump overboard, one trying to swim to shore, one going after his cigarettes. They lost their minds. But the reason they lost their minds is because they began to drink the water. And it's, it's, it's a horrific irony for those who are stranded at sea that they are surrounded by water. They're surrounded oftentimes by very beautiful water. I mean, it's aqua, clear, gorgeous water. It's enticing. It's glistening. But the problem with this water is it's salt water, and the the, the salt content in salt water is so high that when you begin to drink seawater, what happens is it rapidly increases dehydration. And dehydration leads to your organs shutting down. The fluid literally not getting enough water, your brain getting dehydrated, your organs being, your vitals being dehydrated. And so here you are at sea thirsting to death, quite literally, surrounded by water to where if you drink that water, it's just going to make things worse. And so, you know, what the, what that, I give that illustration because it reminds me of the world that we live in. We live in a world that, and and we're surrounded by the gleam and glitter of worldly water. In some cases, it's beautiful and aqua clear. It promises to quench your thirst. But alas, if you begin to drink 
from the worldly water, the, the waters of religion, the waters of sinful living. I'm telling you, all it does is it makes you thirstier. And I'm telling you, it hastens your uh, destruction and your demise. So many people are losing hope today. We live in a world with a lot of thirsty people. That's the point that I'm trying to make. A lot of thirsty people, spiritually thirsty people. People without any hope whatsoever. People that are indulging in the world around them, but there's a deep need inside that is not being met. You may be like that here today. A deep need inside that is not being met. In despair and in delirium, some are going overboard and plunging headlong into destruction. I think about how the numbers of suicide, for instance, have increased over the past year with COVID and being shut in. I mean, you talk about a health crisis. Uh, the, the, the suicides, people that are uh, just going headlong into destruction. You and I know people like this, and you may be like this whether you're here or just listening, that people who have, are indulging into alcohol. And anybody who has ever turned to alcohol or drugs to try to quench things and try to make things better, to try to fix that thirst on the inside, you end up knowing it doesn't work. But what happens? You go back to it again and again and again. And by the way, be, be, you, you need to know this, whether it's a young person or an older person, <laughs> uh, that uh, those who turn into sad, pitiful, dying drunks, it always starts with a social, fun drink. There's, there, there's social and practical reasons I'm a total abstainer, but I believe there's some very good biblical reasons as well. But the point that I'm just simply trying to make is people are looking for thirst. And I just want to ask you this question this morning. Is there any hope for a thirsty soul today? Are you looking for something today deep inside? And you may be sitting here today thinking, yeah, but this is the last place I'm going to find it in church. Uh, it's got to be out there in the world, man. It's got to be maybe something bigger, something greater. But I've got I to gotta tell you something today. That the answer to the question, is there any hope for the thirsty soul is answered by the Lord Jesus Christ, not only by what He says here in John 7, but also by who He is. And I want to preach to you today just for a few moments on Jesus quenches the thirsty soul. John chapter 7, verse 37, Jesus says, or the Bible says, in that last day, the great day of the feast, and so Jesus stood and cried, and here's what Jesus said, If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. Now, I'm going to emphasize this again later because I'm not really doing it justice. But you've got to understand what's going on here. He, he stands up. And when the Bible says he cries out, he's literally shouting these words that we're reading right now. He's shouting. He's trying to get people's attention. And he says, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly, his innermost being, way deep on the inside, shall flow rivers of living water. Now, I, 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 there's, there's many different directions that we can go with this message, and I may allude along the way 
I, I want to mainly preach to those who have thirsty souls this morning who are not saved. But I do want to say sometimes there can be some of us that are saved that have hunger and thirsty souls that we're getting kind of filled sometimes with the wrong things so we're not really experiencing the joy and the peace, those rivers flowing through our lives as God would have us to do. There's a direction that I may head in a week or two on the fact of us recognizing there's people around us that are thirsty. And that by God's grace, if we have drunk of the Lord Jesus Christ, we, can, we should have a river on the inside of us to where we can share Christ with some other thirsty soul around us. But I want to mainly focus on those that are thirsty today. You, let me ask you this question. Saved or unsaved, do you consider your life stagnant? Or would you consider it overflowing? Perhaps it's time to stop enduring religion and start enjoying a relationship with Christ. Maybe it's time to stop alluring or pursuing the allure of sinful pleasure and begin enjoying purpose and fulfillment in Jesus Christ. See, we live in a world where people have given up hope of purpose and fulfillment. They're really wondering, is this really all there is to life? But I'm telling you, folks, there is more to life than what you're living, and it is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, He doesn't want... And, and here's the great thing about Christ. If you're thirsty today, Jesus doesn't just want to give you a drink. He wants to give you a river. He, does, he doesn't just want to give you a drink. He doesn't just want to give you a well. He wants to put a river on the inside of you. He, Jesus said in John 6, He says, He that believeth on me shall never thirst. Shall never thirst. See... Water today, I'm getting so thirsty preaching this. Water is more than a want. Water is an absolute need. The average person can live three days without water. But when you're living without water, here's how it happens. I mentioned earlier, dehydration happens quickly, causing extreme thirst. Now listen to this. Dehydration happens, it causes extreme thirst fatigue, ultimately organ failure, and death. A person may go from feeling thirsty and slightly sluggish on the first day with no water to having organ failure by the third day. Now, I'm talking about dehydration here physically, but I think there's a great parallel between dehydration spiritually speaking. Listen to this. Spiritually speaking, how many people do you know, maybe yourself today, have an extreme thirst that you can't get filled, you can't get satisfied. There's an extreme thirst. Not only is there an extreme thirst, maybe there's a fatigue, spiritually speaking. You just don't have it, man. It's, it's hard for you to get up and go from day to day. From, a, from an emotional and from a spiritual standpoint, there's a fatigue there. Organ failure, death. See, from a spiritual standpoint, I'm telling you, you cannot truly survive. And you, you can survive maybe for a while, but you cannot thrive without knowing Christ. And if you do know Christ as Savior, you cannot thrive if you're spending all your time drinking Mountain Dews. <laughs> you see how quick I started meddling right there? Uh, I'm not against drinking Mountain Dews, or I'd have some trouble with some pretty uh, close friends of mine in this church. Uh, 
But I'm talking about spiritual Mountain Dews, amen? I'm talking about uh, the, the, the things, of, and Dory's like, no, keep preaching on the Mountain Dew part. Just stay on the, the real Mountain Dew. Uh, but uh, no, what I'm just trying to simply say is that uh, Mountain Dews, they may seem refreshing, but they really make you thirstier. Um, people who drink alcohol, the same type of thing. You know, they advertise, oh man, just a good cold beer. It just makes you thirstier. Uh, and, and, and ultimately, it makes you dehydrated. You know, from pop, you get sugar, you get caffeine. It makes you, uh, it'll, it'll make you get dehydrated. It'll make you more thirsty. I remember a time when I just used to, all I used to drink was pop. And, uh, and milk a lot, too, with my cookies and sweets like I still do. But, uh, but I remember going to the doctor one time. I was just a young guy. Was, I, was, I was having to do a physical for a job that I was uh, accepting. And uh, they said, you're doing good. You're a little dehydrated. And I'm like, how am I dehydrated? I'm already drinking like five pops today. But I was dehydrated. Uh, and what I'm just simply saying is, child of God, sometimes we can get, forget about the great gift that we have in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we can start, like the children of Israel, looking to the things around us and trying to find satisfaction in the temptation of this salt water, if you will, that's all around us, and forgetting about the river that we have on the inside. So the question, are you thriving today, or are you barely surviving? Are you thirsty Maybe you feel today like your vitals are failing and you are slowly dying. Now, man, I'm telling you, you know people right now. You work with people. There's people in your family. You may be sitting here this morning. I had a great conversation with an individual last week, but it breaks my heart at this moment to where they were barely hanging on. They basically could only find one reason basically to even still be alive. No purpose, no point. I mean, losing hope, thirsty in this life. They're drinking of the salt water of the world, but they're still thirsty. There's a lot of people like that around us. And as God's people, man, it's our job to say, hey, I know where you can get a drink, amen? Matter of fact, I'll give you a drink, and I'll lead you to the drink, praise God. He'll put a, he'll put a well inside, he'll put a river inside. But quickly, let me give you the background of uh, John chapter number 7, verses 37 and 38, and before that, uh, the well of salvation. Here he says, in the last days, in the last day. Uh, the last day there is, and, and for those of you reading through the Bible, uh, we've, uh, I've, I've referred to this several times. You may, last week we preached about the cities of refuge. This week there's a reference to the feast that are mentioned in the Old Testament. You're reading about the feast in the Old Testament, and you're like, what am I reading about? I'll tell you what you're reading about. You're reading about Jesus. All right? And at this feast, this is the Feast of Tabernacles. It's at the end of the Feast of Tabernacles, the eighth day, the final day of the Feast of Tabernacles. This is a time when they would thank God for the harvest, remember God bringing them out of Egypt and so forth. Each of the first seven days of the feast, early at dawn, the priest and people would join the priest in a joyful procession. Remember, this is a big festival. And so the priest would get up early in the morning and there would be a great crowd of people that would follow him down to the pool of Siloam. And he would have a golden pitcher that he would fill up and he would carry that pitcher back to Jerusalem. And then he would pour that water out on the west side of the altar. Uh, and as he did, there would be a temple choir that would burst into a great, uh, great hallel, a great choir of singing. And they would literally sing Psalm 113 through Psalm 118. 
And as that water is poured out, what it reminds us of is when the children of Israel were in the wilderness. And some of you may or may not remember the story, but there was a time when the children of Israel were thirsting. They were so thirsty and they were about to die. And again, God told Moses to do something very interesting. He said, Moses, take your rod and go hit that rock up there really hard. Smite it. Hit it. And so Moses did what God said, and when he hit that rock, out of the rock came water. You say, explain that. I'll explain it in one word, God. Amen. But, but it, it reminded them this. But see, here's the cool thing. It reminded them of that. But here's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 4. Again, for those reading through the Bible. 1 Corinthians 10, 4. And they did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. Now, it doesn't mean that rock was literally Jesus out there, but it's saying that it was a picture, a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. So just as Moses, just as Moses hit that rock, smote the rock, and a life-giving stream came forth, so Christ offers those who believe in Him an ever-flowing, listen to me, an ever-flowing, never-failing, soul-satisfying, thirst quenching supply of living water one that never ends when jesus spoke to the woman at the well he himself said he was the well of living water a well that would meet her needs and she would never run dry now he refers to the holy spirit of god as a river of living water Rivers of living water, which is an overflowing supply, able to minister to the needs of others. More than enough. I mean, see, this is the great thing. Can you imagine that? I mean, here you are as a thirsty sinner. I mean, I'll go back to myself. Go back to when you were saved by God's grace. You begin to recognize that you had a spiritual thirst deep on the inside, that this other stuff just wasn't doing it. And somebody told you about Jesus. I mean, now, I'm not talking about religion here. I'm talking about you finally realized that there was a person named Jesus Christ that died, uh, died, lived, died, rose again for you because you're a sinner and you got a need. And, man, I could just see it today. You go to the Lord Jesus Christ and you say, Jesus, save me. You're saying, Jesus, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. Deep down inside, there's something that only you can meet. There's, there's a hole that only you can fill. And I can just imagine us, you know, from a, uh, just a typical standpoint, coming to the Lord and just saying, God, just give me a drink. Give me a drink. And what does he do? He gives us Niagara Falls. <laughs> Amen. I mean, he doesn't just say, okay, here's your little sip. See if that'll do you. No, man, I'm telling you what, he poured it out on me, man. He, he, he not only gave me a drink, praise God, he put a river on the inside. And that's what he does for everybody that's saved by the grace of God. Sin and Satan will always shortchange you. You mark this. This is a very important principle. This is good for the young folks, but it's good for the older folks too. But there's some of the older folks that can give a good hearty amen on this. Satan always gives you his best up front. The best he's got is at the beginning. And it don't last very long. It doesn't last very long. You ever heard this, this, this statement? We just heard it again this week, but I think it applies here. The devil has no happy old people. Sin 
man has no happy old people. You say, okay, what's that matter? Here's what it matters. You go talk, if we had some old folks in here, you could go talk to them, amen? We got some that's getting close. And for those that are saved by God's grace, you go talk to them and guess what you'll find out? They're happy. They've got joy. Why? Man, because they're still drinking. They're still full, not like that, Trey. They're, they're still drinking water of, of life, amen. They're still drinking from the well. But see, what the devil does is he tries to give you that, what looks like the best up front. The way the world sell, the way the world tries to sell sex and for, premarital sex and fornication. The way the world tries to sell alcohol. The way the world tries to sell religion. The Bible says there's pleasure in sin, but it's for a season. And then it runs out. It's short-lived. He gives you his best up front. But I have seen, I've lived long enough to see what it does. I've lived long enough to see friends die. I've seen, lived long enough to see friends go to jail and go to prison. I've, seen, I've lived long enough to see these things. I've lived long enough to be, whether it's by the side of a, uh, of, of a loved one that I can think of, I can think of uh, my aunt, I can think of my uncle, I can think of people that died prematurely, late 30s, early 40s. I can think the bedside of, of, of one man that just still haunts me to this day. There was a precious lady in our church uh, that, that had a son that had no doubt, you know, hey, it's, he's going to party, man, just like the beer commercials. Just like the movies, just like the shows, which I'm telling you, you ought to just, if you want to do something depressing sometime, uh, some of y'all are into that kind of stuff, doing depressing stuff, but if you want to do something depressing sometimes, just, just, just count how many drinks of alcohol are taken during the course of the show or movie you're watching. Just maybe do it for a week. How many times people are drinking on there? But see, and, and, and this young man, as, as a kid, he saw that stuff, he got in on it. Guess what? Man, he went to a party, no doubt, and it was fun. I mean, man, the music was thumping, you know, whatever. It's like, this is cool. He felt horrible the next day from dehydration once again. And may, maybe he had a few more times to where, man, this is awesome. But then all of a sudden, he started doing some things that he didn't remember. He's, he or she started doing some things that, uh, that they begin to regret. All of a sudden, the party isn't so fun anymore. All of a sudden, the only time they can really remember being happy is when they were partying and were drunk or high or whatever. So then they go try to do that again. But what are they doing? They're drinking that seawater. So this particular man began to drink that seawater. And so this dear lady in my church, Miss Evelyn, she said, Pastor, would you please go see my son? He's 38. 39, I can't remember, not very old. Will you please go see him? He's dying in the hospital. His liver is failing. I walk into the hospital, and here lies a man, skin and bones. I mean, a yellowish-orange, deep color. I mean, just face. I mean, he almost, to me, he looked like pictures I've seen of people you know, from World War II that survived some of the, the camps and stuff. Just the way his eyes were and the way his, it was an awful, awful scene. I went in there and tried to have some composure and, and shared Christ with this man. And he wasn't able to respond coherently. I, I don't know where he is or what he, the condition of his soul was at. But I'm just telling you, the scene that I saw that day, that's not on the Budweiser commercial. That's not on the movies. That's not what they show. Because that's, that that's what the devil gives you ultimately. That's what the devil wants for you. That's what sin wants for you. But that's not what he gives you up front. Uh, and so 
Uh, I'm just simply trying to say, man, the devil gives you his best up front. God just keeps giving you the good stuff. Amen. God just keeps giving you that water, that refreshment, man. He just keeps on filling that. And so Jesus stood. I'm just thinking about that again. Think about it. This is a celebration that these people did every year. Every year they did this celebration. But every year these people were just going through, I'm going to go another direction here, these people were just going through a religious ritual. And it was a fun religious ritual. This was a party, man. It was an eight-day religious celebration, but it was fun. There was singing, there was shouting, there was great things going on. But the whole time they were so devout, they, they, they had traveled, many of them, some distance to get to this place for this week-long celebration. But they were missing the point. Because they were there and they were having their big time. But Jesus knew that on that eighth, after that eighth day, they were going back home to their empty, thirsty lives. Because religion does not satisfy and here's Jesus watching this whole procession go on. And finally, he cannot, he cannot restrain himself any longer. And he stands. He stands right there. That gets people's attention. Then he shouts, If any man thirsts, are you thirsty? Come to me. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly, out of his innermost being, shall flow rivers. Of living water. See, I wonder today if Jesus is trying to get your attention. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, verse 1, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come. See, they didn't realize, as they were going through their religious ceremony, they did not realize that the whole thing that they were doing was actually supposed to point them to the Lord Jesus Christ. They were missing. He was right there, and they were missing him. If that doesn't describe religion, I don't know what does. Devout people, maybe even enjoying their worship, but ultimately they are missing Christ. Missing Christ. That's what these people were doing. And Jesus cries, and he tries to get your attention. You may be here today because Jesus is trying to get your attention. You may be here today because Jesus is trying to get, he's trying to stand. He's shouting. He's saying, hey, are you thirsty? You don't, need to be, you don't need to get religious. You need to get saved. You need to believe on me. He is the well of life. Jesus, man, isn't Jesus awesome? Amen? He doesn't want you to go on thirsty. He doesn't want you to go on drinking salt water. He doesn't want you to go on indulging a thing. He wants you to enjoy Him. He wants you to know what it is to have peace and joy and love in your heart for Him. Man, what a Savior. I'm telling you, people that try to paint God as mean and unfair, they've got the wrong idea. Jesus wants to bless you. He's crying out. I mean, as if going to the cross wasn't enough and rising again. Now He stands and He says, hey, come, come to me. Come to church, that's fine. Come and get baptized, that's all okay. But he says, come to me, come to Jesus. People say, oh, no, no, preacher, I, 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 I've, I've tried religion before. You're drinking salt water, does you no good. You're still going to be dead inside. You're still not going to have the peace and joy that God wants you to have. Oh, my friend, listen, he is the well of life. 
Now listen, it is the well of for the thirsty. Jesus said in John or Matthew 5, verse 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You know one thing about water, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but you need water. Now Chad's going to argue with me on this. So Trey, if he does, you just constrain him, all right? <laughs> you need water. You need it. You've got to have water. As a matter of fact, doctors say that we should drink somewhere around 100 ounces of water a day. Amen? That's right. Thank you. Uh, I say I've already got him on my side. Uh, it's, it's right at 100 for uh, women. It's up, maybe up over 120 ounces of water for men. That's a lot of water, isn't it? Um, and if you drink coffee or pop, you need to drink a little bit more than that to counter the water you're, the, the pop you're drinking, okay? If you look at the ingredients, for instance, of pop, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of artificial stuff in there. It's artificial color, artificial flavor. It's got the sweetener in there. But I'm telling you, it doesn't have a lot of authenticity. You Mountain Dew guys, just bear with me. I'm, I'm trying to make a spiritual point, so you can amen me, all right? Uh, you say, I'm not going to do it. Uh, but uh, listen, I'm just trying to simply say, it's not authentic. It's not the genuine thing that God made to quench man's thirst. And I'm no chats sitting there thinking, man, it's the nectar of the gods, I'm telling you. Uh, but, uh, but no, God made water that we might survive. See, there, there's many that are trying to satisfy their thirst with the artificial things of this life. Water. What you really need is the water of life, not the artificial things. To find a relationship with Jesus, examine what he said. He says this, if any man, if any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. You know, I would probably be a hyper-Calvinist if I didn't believe the Bible. Uh, but I believe the Bible, amen? And Jesus said, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink, and drink. Who's he speaking to? He's speaking to thirsty people. Not just empty people, but thirsty people. There are people who go to church that are still thirsty. See, and what we can do sometimes is we can allow our, ourselves to be filled with things that just don't satisfy. See, if you're going to come to Jesus, that's what you've got to do. Number one, you've got to realize you're thirsty. You've got to realize that that's what's going on. You're thirsty. You need a drink. You're thirsty. And you need to understand that that source of thirst quenching is Jesus Christ. He was talking about himself when he stands and says, Hey, come to me. Jesus didn't say, Hey, get stronger. Get better. Get some things straightened out in your life. Then come to me. No. He said there's one prerequisite. Are you thirsty? Then come to me. Come to me right now. Don't wait till next week. Don't wait till later today. Jesus is standing. He's shouting. He's trying to get your attention. And he's saying, come to me. Believe on me. So you've got to realize that you're thirsty. Not only that, but you've got to be willing to come. You must drink by faith. Many come to this point, but then they stop. They might agree that Jesus is the answer, but somehow they fail to get Jesus from the margins of their Bibles and from their notes and from their heads to their heart and to realize that really what salvation really is is believing on Him personally. Believe on me, He says, as the Scripture hath said. 
Oh, my friend, listen, come and drink. Come to Him by faith. Don't come so close and miss Him. Just like these people that Jesus had to stand and get their attention. They were doing a religious observance. They were rejoicing over what God had done for them in the past. But they were missing it. And Jesus is saying, oh, don't, don't, don't miss it. Stop enduring religion and start enjoying a relationship with Christ. Stop pursuing sinful pleasure and begin enjoying purpose and fulfillment in Jesus. Come and drink from the living water. Once you drink, there will be in you a river of living water that begins to flow out to be a blessing to those around us. And a life that was once barren and dry and parched can all of a sudden begin to flourish and to grow and to experience satisfaction. Now, I don't know about you today, but are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Do you need Christ? Are you drinking from the salt water of this world? Are you drinking a bunch of artificial stuff that's not really, that's not, that, and, and yet still you're feeling dehydrated? You're feeling like you're, everything inside of you is failing? There's, a, there's an intense thirst? There's a fatigue? You just don't, you know, what's life even all about? Let me tell you something. Life is truly about having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me, let me emphasize here once again, that goes to those of us that are saved, that have gotten distracted, that have, that have begun to drink other things. Folks, we can come to the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's all stand, please, this morning, if you would, please. And I want to close with just a couple of verses.